Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Carl and tonight I am joined by three members of my firefighting family. I have Todd. Hello. I have Scott. Hey there. And I have Ash. Hello. And And, uh, tonight we are going to be having a conversation with uh, a gentleman that has been uh, part of the fire family for quite some time. Um... He has uh, he's helped us in many different ways when it comes to the podcast stuff as well. We've created quite a uh, quite a camaraderie and a bit of a as you say brother brotherhood and uh, and friendship over the years with this guy. So uh, without further ado, Nick Hilton, how are you? Yes, uh, I'm well. How are you guys? Good, mate. Good. Welcome, finally. Good. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's been a while. I think. Yeah, uh, this is exciting. Yeah, when was the last time we had you on? It was with the other guys, right? For the it was their hundredth episode. It was right. Yeah, yeah, it was when we did our hundredth episode uh, back. Jeez, I don't remember when that was at this point. But yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. So Nick, maybe let's start off with um, with kind of who you are, um, where you're from, and okay. uh, yeah, we'll go we'll go from there, mate. Okay, cool. Um, well, I'm I'm Nick, <laughs> and uh, I'm from Maine in the uh, the wonderful United States of America. Um, kind of south of you guys, but not really. I think if you look at the map, it's like it's like this, just across, right? I mean, I don't even think we're south of you guys in Maine. Um, but yeah, uh, Nick Hilton, I'm in, I'm in Maine, and I am a um, volunteer, or I should say on-call firefighter now. I've been uh, on the York Village Fire Department here in Maine since 2001, um, serving as a lieutenant since 2010, and um, started a podcast called the Brotherhood Academy Radio Podcast uh, back in 2018, and uh, you guys listening to the show obviously probably know what it's all about because you guys have mentioned it quite a bit, um, but we kind of have been slacking on some of the episodes lately, and um, maybe we can talk a little bit about that later on in this show with you guys. But um, So yeah, and I'm also a uh, newly hired sales rep for um, Pierce Fire Apparatus, working from um, Allegiance um, Fire Apparatus or Allegiance um, Trucks in uh, Massachusetts as a New England dealer. And, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the basics of who I am and I've uh, been following you guys for quite a while now. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. the, we, we've kind of got, and for most people that know and listen, we all know that, uh, we've got our little chat groups and we kind of fire stuff back and forth and <laughs> yeah, we kind of keep that private though. Don't yeah. We? <laughs> I don't think we'll ever be sharing any of the, any of that chat group, but, um, <laughs> I've definitely aged a few years from some of those messages. <laughs> but it's fun. It's fun. For in, sure. In all uh, firefighter matters. Yeah. <laughs> but we've also shared some, some good yeah. tactics and some knowledge back and forth. 
uh, for example, uh, Nick is uh, Nick has said that he will because obviously we're in the market for a new truck. Nick said that he's basically going to knock off five hundred grand off the next one we buy, um, which is fantastic. Right, Canadian, Canadian on par. Ah, Canadian on par. There you go. Thanks again for that, Nick. <laughs> yeah. You just have to send, like I said, you have to send that payment uh, via Canadian Goose. <laughs> <laughs> they are on the way. <laughs> we'll send it. I don't know if it's going to get there. But no, no. no, it probably won't. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, excuse me. I am still getting over to Lurgle. Uh, yeah, so. Lurgle? What's a Lurgle? You what never is heard that? of Lurgle? No. I have. Earlier today, <laughs> when I had the exact same reaction, what? Dude, ah. <laughs> yeah, mate, I, I got this Yurgle. I'm like, what? Lurgle. It's the Lurgle. Anyway, anyway. No, no, I want to hear more about Lurgle. <laughs> it's just, it just means sick. What do you speak for? So, why don't you say you're sick? I'm I the did. Yurgle. Oh, you've been here now? <laughs> Long enough. <clears throat> so, I want to touch a little bit, Nick, on. Uh, on let's let's talk a little bit about the what uh, what got you into the fire service. So let's start there, and then uh, we'll yeah. kind of work our way forward. So what actually what got you in, mate? Oh, I want to say my father. I guess that's the best answer. Um, I grew up in the fire service, um, and as, as a kid, she's I got pictures of me. Um, probably still in diapers. Uh, actually I got a picture of me in a onesie crawling through a burnt out cellar hole. Um, <laughs> <awesome>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was back in 1983, 84. Uh, so I grew up around the firehouse and it was just, just the thing that I knew I, I was going to do my whole life. So, um, when I turned 18 in 2001, I, uh, I joined up as an official member of the York Fire Department, and and here I am. My father was a, a firefighter since I want to say 1979, um, and he did that his entire life until he passed away in 2003. And uh, and here I am, still plugging away and hoping to do it you know, for many many more years. Um, it's in my blood. It's just like everybody else, you know. Once it's in your blood, it's, you know, it doesn't go away. As much as you may want it to, at some point, you know, sometimes here and there, it just it doesn't. It's, it's impossible to shake it. So, yeah, that's how I got into it, and uh, I thought about doing it career, you know, when I was a little bit younger. But then I realized, you know, this is this is fun doing what I'm doing now as a volunteer. Now we're you know we're we're a call department. We just started that um, this year, this July, as an official call department. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's fun. It is what it is, and, and uh, it keeps me going. It keeps my my uh, energy going, and keeps me feeling young sometimes. And sometimes it makes me feel a little old. But you know, that's where we're at. So nice. Yeah, the uh, I think uh, there's a, there's quite a few people actually that whose fathers were in, and then everyone kind of seems to take Todd. You're you're nodding away there because obviously that was the <laughs> yeah. same situation for you, there, right? Absolutely, it was. Yeah. My dad did uh, over 50 years service. They had to make the uh, the first 50-year kind of stamp and medal for him up here in BC. Wow. Mm-hmm. And same thing. I was the, the rug rat. I grew up in the hall running around barefoot and and uh, pushing a broom as I got older and drug along yep. on many fire calls and had to sit and you couldn't really play. They may put you to work. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was kind of in your blood before you knew it. Yeah. Yeah, there's no shaking it. Once it's there, it's there. Yeah, it's a it's a solid thing. Yeah, I think, and uh, even in a lot of the <clears throat> even a lot of the documentaries I was watching recently, I was just watching some of the ones on the the New York Fire Departments. And a lot of those. Oh, you're watching well. Backdraft? 
Quite draft too. No, but they, they, a lot of them, same thing, right? It's like, yeah, my dad was in, his dad was in. It yeah. seems to be that generational yeah. thing where everyone just kind of falls back into that same mentality and same right. uh, same profile. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. Absolutely. <clears throat> so Nick, what uh, what keeps you coming back? What keeps you, you know, go, uh, going to calls? What keeps you kind of getting up for him in the middle of the night and making sure that you're answering that pager? Uh, guilt? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, you know, right now it's it's a tough thing. It's like life is so crazy busy, and it's the same with with a lot of people on our department. I think it's just um, it's the fact that I've been there for as long as I have, and I played a uh, as well as a lot of us I played a big role in where our department is today, and. Um, it's not that I feel obligated to go. It's, you know, it's, it's a drive. It's, you know, when the tone goes off now at, at you know, two o'clock or three o'clock in the morning and I'm a little bit, you know, less happy to get out of bed, but you still, you still get it, you know, you still get out. And it's, uh, I think it's just the fact that it's been in my blood and it will always be in my blood. And it's something that I can't imagine living without, you know, and there's times where, you know, I've talked about this in in my podcast, um, there's times where you feel like you want to give up. You feel like you want to take a break. And sometimes it's important to take that break every now and then if you really feel that you need it. But um, it's a dying thing, especially the volunteer fire service. It's, it's dying. And you feel that, um, that need to do it and that need to get out of bed, that need to, to get off the table, you know, leave dinner and whatnot, and, uh, and, and go answer that call. That's pretty much what it is for me at this point. Yeah, it uh, it definitely uh, it definitely has a large part of your your day and your time. Obviously, even down to the small things, the the things that you don't even necessarily think about anymore, like backing into <clears throat> backing into spaces when you park at the grocery store to make sure that you can get out, you know, quick enough, and making sure right. that you're in a spot where even if you do kind of maybe put your foot down a little bit faster, you're not gonna <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Piss off the locals. You know, guys, some old lady pushing a cart down exactly. the parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bananas and grapefruits everywhere. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. It's so. With that being said, as well, I guess you you know you say obviously you keep going because obviously you're you're very you're very proud of um, of what you do and and kind of the role that you've been playing for for so long. There, you, you're a lieutenant. You say as well, correct? Yes. Yeah. I've been a lieutenant since 2010. Um, and you know, with that comes a lot of responsibility, um, and a lot of added, um, jobs, I guess you can say some extracurricular things here and there. Um, and we, we thrive on self-starters, you know, so if if you're a member on our department and and you're a self-starter and you create your own programs and you make things better in the organization, you're going to do very well as far as uh, moving up the chain and, and making an impression. And I did just that. I, I learned that quick that that's, you know, that's what you need to do if you want to, you know, become an officer and you want to start leading. You get to start taking on some tasks. And, and uh, you know, I, I built a pretty um, successful driver training committee and program in our department that's constantly growing. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of behind the scenes stuff that I do, you know, a lot of admin and I'm starting to learn that I, I kind of like that stuff. The, the behind the scenes stuff is becoming really, really um, fun for me going to meetings. A lot of people hate meetings. I don't know 
why I think meetings are great for some reason. It might be weird or something, but you know, because you haven't been to ours. Might be a little off, but you know, we created a dispatch committee because we have a we're dispatched by our local police department, and we have two fire departments in town and, and a private ambulance, and uh, we created a committee, and I kind of headed that up, and um, we meet you know, regularly, you know, one representative from each organization sits down with two dispatchers and their boss and we go over certain things. And that, that kind of stuff is, is something that, that I really enjoy. And, you know, you kind of take ownership with the things that you have, you know, started and the things that you got the ball rolling on, you know, and I think that plays a huge part in why I stay. Would you, would you say that that's actually one of your, uh, one of your more prior prior things that you started with regards to kind of the, the truck um, you said it was like a truck committee, did you say? Yeah, a driver training committee. Um, we had a pretty, um, I don't want to say it was it was a bad um, program, but we had, a, we had an outdated driver training program. Um, and we learned quickly after a few um, structure fire calls that, you know, we had a need for, you know, enhancing our, our training. So we didn't have just, you know, any person starting to drive our trucks. And, and it wasn't just... You know, we weren't going to let people just drive their 100 required miles and do a little pump time and you'd be good to go. I mean, we created a whole – when I say we, it was it was myself and uh, I recruited Paul. You guys know who Paul is on, <laughs> on our podcast. And him and I grew up together and we kind of <clears throat> – um, I came up with the idea. I kind of came up with a um, – a check sheet, I guess you can call it, with some skills that needed to be created or, or completed. And uh, him and I got together and we um, made the first packet and we put a couple people through as like an experiment. And, you know, we've built upon that over the years and we now have a, a bigger committee. Um, and we're doing more and more and we're training more and more people that you would never imagine would be driving like we had a guy right now he's been a funeral director for years um never driven anything bigger than a hearse and he said you know my kids are in college now and um, i want to start driving and we said yeah okay let's let's see it he goes but i'm not going to do anything unless i'm comfortable so we've got him halfway through the program now and and he's learning and learning every time he gets behind the wheel of that truck and it's it's kind of a proud moment when you see somebody who they didn't think they could do it and uh and they're getting more and more confident, you know. So, yeah, creating things and, and being self-starter and, and kind of having ownership in the organization is is super important when it comes to uh, keeping yourself interested and keeping others interested. <clears throat> Definitely agree. The, um, the the one point there, you know, you're, you're talking a lot about, obviously, the things that are most important. What would you say, um, <clears throat> from your point of view, as a lieutenant and as somebody who's been in the service for a while, what would you say would be the, the most important kind of thing for a, uh, a new firefighter to, so say you're getting a new guy in, what would be your day one advice to the guy? Well, um, keep your mouth shut and keep your eyes open for <laughs> one. Um, follow, find somebody that is not a fire officer, but a firefighter who is that self-starter or who is that person that has that aggressive mentality and and follow that person um and also one of the biggest things is you know don't be doing this thinking you're going to make a bunch of money because it's not going to happen and you're going to soon find out why you're going to do it and why you're going to keep doing it um we had a new guy that just joined up a few months ago he's um 
he's a manager at our local grocery store and zero fire experience. He is green as green can be. And I had him over at the house, uh, maybe two weeks after he joined up and we kind of went over some things. I, uh, gave him some pointers. I gave him a list of, uh, things that he should start doing, you know, and it, it's just, you gotta take, you gotta take these people under your wings and it's not just up to that person that new member to stay interested it's it's up to the membership to let that person grow and let that person um, understand what's expected of them and to take them under their wings you know you get you got to lead everybody's got to lead everybody's got to keep that person interested it's a completely completely valid point we try and do the very very similar things when we have the rookies come through and we do the training nights with them uh, we rotate yep. out our kind of third, uh, because we'll, we'll have two training officers and then we'll have one person from the kind of crew come in and just n- not necessarily fully introduce themselves, but it's more of a, they'll come and help with the training piece that the guys are going through, get to kind of meet them a little bit, go through kind of a, a little bit on how they can kind of add some of that to it as well, um, gauge some personalities, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it's extremely important to have that um and make sure that the new guys are feeling comfortable too, right? That's a really right. big thing. As we all know, the first time you step into a hall, any any situation where you're you're stepping in and there's twenty to thirty guys and girls all kind of that have been hanging around doing dangerous things together, they've got a link which we call the brotherhood, and it's really it's really quite intense that those first few weeks to kind of get in there and, and do your thing, regardless of you know your your alpha mentality. It's it's an interesting right. moment. That, that first month or two is critical. Um, you got to make sure that you're putting on good training exercises. You got to make sure that you're including that new person and, you know, pulling them aside from time to time. Like if you're doing a training that, that is more advanced, you know, you want to pull them aside and, and kind of show them the basics. This, this new kid's first training night was an auto extrication night. And, uh, we were demoing some e-tools and we had two cars that we were cutting up and obviously it's a more advanced thing, but you know, I, I pulled this kid aside and I said, listen, here's, here's the basics. <laughs> here's where the tools are. This is a fire truck. These are the, <laughs> this, is, this is where you're going to light up the scene because it was dark out, you know, and, and we let him play with the tool. I mean, his first training night, we let him play with the tool a little bit. And, uh, you know, you got to remember the basics. You got to remember to teach the basics because these people coming in, the chances are they, they know nothing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it does. It, you know, you're, you're pulling them green off the street. They want to come in because they've got enough, uh, they got enough gumption that they wanted to join. So it's up to the, they did their part walking through the door. It's up to everybody else there then to try and make sure that they keep that, that high standard and make sure that they're, they're having fun. Like if you're not having fun doing right. this stuff, then you're, you're doing something wrong. Cause ultimately right. if that's not happening, you're not going to keep coming back. It's a reality. Right. You know? And you know, there's a reality to that though. I mean, there are going to be times where it isn't fun, you know, and, and unfortunately we're kind of going through a phase right now where a lot of us aren't having much fun, you know, because a lot of it has to do with this whole COVID crap that we're all going through, you know, and it's just, these things happen from time to time and you get to learn how to cope and how to deal with it. My, my fire chief, we are, are training Thursday night and, uh, we usually get done around nine, nine thirty, And I found myself in the parking lot with the fire chief sitting. I was sitting in my driver's seat of my truck with the door open and it's 11 o'clock at night and he's still yapping and yapping, yapping, worried about, you know, why are people upset? You know, we got to, you know, no one's having fun and we got to change the, you know, the, 
the culture a little bit and kind of make some changes to make people happy. I mean, it, it happens and it's, it's a real concern and it's something that we all need to really pay attention to when we go through these ups and downs and it's not just the new people that we need to worry about. It's the people that have been there for 20, 30 years that we've got to focus our, our energy on too and keeping them active and keeping them happy. So let's, let's touch on that a little bit because obviously there are a lot of departments yes. that, are, that are going through the exact same thing that, that, uh, that you are right now. And yeah. uh, it might be useful for them to hear what kind of things that maybe you're looking at and thinking about putting in place and, and kind of getting going to try and help out with these situations. Because, you know, it, it is a, it's a very valid situation that a lot, like you said, a lot of people are probably dealing with right now. This COVID, this COVID stuff has been a pain in the ass for fire departments all across the world. And, uh, you know, new policies, new tactics. I was I sent a message out on a volunteer group the other week just asking um, if people were training, if they got back to training. Some people still are not training since mm-hmm. everything shut down way back in, when was that? Like March? May? Yeah. May. Yeah. May. Well, May was our shutdown, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. around mm-hmm. that kind of time. And they're still not training. They're still That's not insane. training. They're going to That's calls. Insane. But they're yeah. not training. Like I just, it, they got to get out of train. Exactly. Yeah. You know, if if you're gonna stay idle, your members are gonna get they're gonna get tired and they're not gonna want to show up to calls. You got to train. Um, <laughs> when when COVID first came out and everybody was really scared, because uh, people are less scared now because I think they're seeing you know what's really going on. But we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think we just did. <laughs> I think we just did. <laughs> America. Um, so, so November 4th, the COVID will be over. Is that what you're saying? Yes, I think it will be very quickly. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the, uh, you know, when it first came out, we, we kind of, we canceled some trainings, but then we kind of adapted because with the fire service, what do you got to do? You adapt and overcome. It's something that we do all the time. So we, we decided to do company level or not company level, but we, we separated our membership out into different companies. So we, we break it out into four trainings a month, you know, so, we usually train every Thursday night, but we would, you know, we separate into four groups. So the first Thursday, this group comes. This next Thursday, this group comes, and that that kind of worked out a little bit. But we weren't doing the more advanced stuff that we're used to doing. We weren't able to really dive into some really, you know, technical stuff because we had limited people. Um, what we did benefit with that was doing some limited crews you know limited manpower drills which was which was beneficial but again that got kind of old and then summer came and uh we decided let's let's just go right back to normal um, training nights but then it really started to die off and that's where we've kind of gotten into a slump where um we didn't really have much of a plan for training. We'd show up on Thursday nights. Training starts at seven o'clock. We'd be trying to come up with a plan to do something at six thirty. You know, trying to come up with an idea, and it was um, we were seeing less and less people show up. Um, and one of the things that we started this month, um, we had our officers meeting, which we do the first Thursday of every month, and those that were there decided that we were going to start figuring out training a month in advance at that meeting and if you're at that meeting you get to decide what you're going to do and the chief went one step further and said each one of you sitting here is going to have a week you're going to get your own thursday night and you're up it's up to you to decide what's going to happen what the training is to design it create it and you know use your imagination and get more people involved so we did just that and the last three weeks have been incredibly um, amazing when it came to training like the the stuff that we have been doing has been stuff that we haven't done in years um 
we have a tendency to to get a lot of acquired structures up here. I know we talked about that quite a bit in the past amongst you guys and, and my guys here. And uh, <laughs> we've just got another one. We had a right literally almost across the street from the firehouse, this old little old um, like a little cape. It's like a story and a half cape. It's probably a couple hundred years old. I can't believe they're going to let this place get burned down at some point. But um, we uh, – had one of our lieutenants, our newest lieutenant. It was his week this last week, and I sent you guys the pictures and a couple of videos tonight. We had uh, I picked up some props at the Halloween store. You guys should try this out. Of course, you got your burn building down there, up there. You guys get to play with fire all the time. But um, if you have a time when you can't use a burn building, um, get some of these Halloween props. You got these projectors that put off like this orange glow, and it spins a little bit, and it looks like actual fire. And uh, I used them for my night a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we did some live-action roll-up drills, and I actually had this old farmhouse, and I put one of these lights up on the on the side of this farmhouse, and it looked like the side of the thing was on fire. I had neighbors running out, freaking out. But our uh, our junior lieutenant used it last week, um, this most recent one, and uh, we used the smoke machine, and we used this house and set up a couple of rooms, and we did a kitchen fire scenario, and it was like an actual live action where it was toned out by dispatch. So we let them participate, um, and we took all of the officers and the chiefs out of the loop. And we were just there to watch and we set it up as if it was the middle of the day and our full-timer, we have one full-time guy on each day. He's a full-time firefighter driver. Um, and his job was to be the instant commander as well as the first engine company operator. <laughs> and we had regular, um, you know, linemen, you know, firefighters on all the trucks and they had to run the show and halfway through it, we had dispatch come on and say there were two victims trapped in the place and, Oh, and I forgot to mention that the call came in as, a, as an alarm activation, so they didn't even know they were coming in for a structure fire. Um, yeah, so it, it worked out very well. Um, and then about 18 minutes into it, the, the junior lieutenant came up to me. He goes, hey, you're going to come into this. You're going to now roll up on scene and take command. I'm like, okay, fine, sure. That sounds fun. Um, so we had basically myself as the only officer there through the entire um, entire revolution and it worked out really well a lot of people learn what they have to work on and as officers we were able to step back and see where the flaws are in our training and where where, where we are responsible to make up what we're not training our guys and girls to do you know we had some hose stretching issues we had some size up issues that we haven't really um done anything with as far as training so now for the next month or so we know exactly what we're going to be able to to uh, do for training nights which is nice so um but yeah i mean you gotta have some creativity you gotta let your officers kind of take the reins and and come up with some good ideas and let them let them lead you know let them take the training nights and and uh and make things happen sorry i was a little long-winded on that one <laughs> no i think uh, you guys everything you said <laughs> we, we always we always talk about how we do our scenarios and that's like our um that's like our gauge to see where everybody is because um, I think it's, it's exactly what it is. It, we, we see uh, what guys need to work on um, based yep. on how they react during the scenario. So at a time where we're not kind of spoon feeding them anything, how, how do they do when we uh, just throw it at them? And that's, right. then that tells us like, oh, okay, we got to touch up on hydrants. We got to touch up on uh, throwing ladders, etc. Right. Definitely. Right. I mean, we had guys, they were taking ladders, they were taking ground ladders. It was great. I mean, you get a story and a half little cape. 
but we, were, we had guys that were like throwing 35 foot ladders. So we had to, we, you know, we praised them. Hey, you guys did great. You were throwing ladders. It was awesome. You had ladders at almost every window, but let's, you know, maybe we need to focus a little bit on ladder selection, you know, so, you know <laughs> a, 14, a 14 or a 16 foot roof ladder that would do just fine to that second story, Throw you know, but. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, obviously we, we talk a lot, Nick, about <clears throat> aggressive training and aggressive yeah. fire attack. Um, what does aggressive mean to you? Like, what would you say that, that it means to you and, and to you as a fire department, um, kind of how you train and how you approach training yeah being battle ready um and being being ready to go all the time and understanding what needs to be done and being on the same page um with everybody else everybody on your organization needs to be on the same page that's critical and everybody kind of has to have an idea what everybody else is going to do um you don't know who's going to show up on volunteer or call fire you just don't know um and you have to have that aggressive sense. Now, we don't want to be reckless because there's a difference between aggressive and being reckless. Um, you know, it's very easy for anybody to get tunnel vision and to be reckless and to think they're being aggressive by just running in, running into the scene and, and taking care of business. But it's got to be it's got to be done in a, in a certain way where you're paying attention to what's going on for yourself and for the entire department that's there. Um, that comes into like your scene size up it's taking that time to get dressed put your air pack on and look around take that deep breath do your 360 for yourself and do that 360 for the you know the entire scene size up um, we talked a lot about that the other night after our scenario um, but it's it's getting in there getting the job done but also being aware of what's going on around you being prepared being battle ready uh, that's one of our biggest things is, is battle ready um, a lot of us go to calls direct because we have 56 square miles in our town with two fire departments two separate fire departments that we run together but both stations are four miles apart on the coast so you have everything you know inland where a lot of us end up being the first on scene in our in our personal vehicles and we got to be ready we got to know what's going to be going on you know a lot of us we carry our gear with us but we also carry hand tools and whatever else even paul's got his own air pack but he's a nerd anyway so um, <laughs> that's how he goes to the COVID. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but yeah i mean it's, it's being battle ready it's being ready to go yeah it, it we talk about that a lot as well it, it's that mentality of you know Fill in the gap, as we as we say. Yes. It's the you know you you see you see the space and you know that there's enough people to do X, Y, and Z. But all of a sudden, there's another task that needs to be completed, and you are not busy what you need to do, or knowing that that task is more important than what you are doing at the time, and making sure that you can go and do that thing um, exactly to help everybody out, right? Help progress exactly. the, help progress that scene. It's also don't don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, if you're the instant commander at a fire, don't be afraid to, to strike another alarm. I don't know how you guys do it up there, but I mean, don't don't be afraid to call in mutual aid. You know, you can always turn them around. You know, and that's being that's part of being prepared, being battle ready, and having a plan set out. You know, having run cards and and being organized on that end of things. Um, but don't be afraid to to ask for more help. It's, it's not something something to be ashamed of. You know, we shouldn't be too proud to. You know, not ask for help and not ask for that mutual aid. Yeah, I think you nailed it there. Um, that's something that we talk about a lot. Um, 
something that we don't do a lot. <laughs> we don't do it like we should. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it does come down to that pride, you know. This is our area. This is our town. Our crew kicks ass. Let's just go get it done. And it's not even the fact that we should be looking for that mutual aid call um, because we can't take care of this scene. If we're so extended that we have everything on scene, we are ill ill prepared to cover the rest of our our area. Um, so getting that that uh, mutual aid call or getting that second alarm uh, toned out early. It's better yes. to activate that early and get it happening than trying to be uh, reactive. And that's something right. that's, uh, you know, being proactive in the fire in the uh, fire scene is key. Being reactive, right. which is realistically what we generally are um, by history, that's not, mm-hmm. that's not the way to advance. Right, right. Yeah, we just had that uh, very similar scenario. So the other day with our... First snowfall of the year, we had um, multiple motor vehicle accidents, and we had our crew, we had a pretty good-sized crew because we were going way up the mountain. Initially, the reports were there's going to be quite an extensive uh, extrication and rope rescue system, it sounded like. So we had a full crew going up the mountain with our duty officer truck and our rescue truck right to the the end of our our highway rescue area, which is quite distant. And uh, we only had a couple other members standing by at the hall, so... I phoned one of our other uh, officers who has stayed back in town and just kind of reiterated to him that, hey, if another call comes in, first thing you should be doing is calling for mutual aid, mm-hmm. at least for just for town standby, right? That's right. Because, you know, now they are stretched thin as mm-hmm. it is. Right. Yeah. Now, need to do, do, you guys, do you guys have, like, some sort of system for callbacks? Like, say you do have a bunch of calls all at once. Um do you have a system in place where you would get on the radio and do like a tone or something to have all available personnel go to the, what you guys call the fire hall? You know, cause um, the reason I'm asking is we just got myself and another one of my lieutenants got tasked with um, putting something together because there's a lot of times where we, we, you know, we cover a lot of highway. We only have one exit in town, one on ramp and off ramp in town, but we cover like, I want to say 14 miles of, of the highway. So when our, we're out there for a medical or for a car accident or something that our, our truck is tied up for a while because they have to go out of town and to get back into town. Um, so our chief's like, let's come up with some sort of system where we can make sure our station's covered, but kind of make it sound professional instead of retoning for manpower, but put on like some sort of signal or something. Do you guys do anything like that? I, I think like what we traditionally do is when we get toned out, everybody comes to the hall mm-hmm. And yep. then um, the trucks that are required go, and then everybody is encouraged, you know, unless they absolutely have to go back to work, to stay at the hall until the truck's on its way back. Gotcha. So basically, um, there's guys waiting at the hall. Yeah. Um, if and if gotcha. the call comes in, and I believe that traditionally that's why it's being done that way, just in case while we're all out, there's another call that comes in, and that way we can staff the truck right away. Right. Um, right. Which tends to work pretty well. I think um, so, yeah. Yeah. But it, we also have the opportunity, like the chance, if another call, like a major call comes in, we can do a second tone, uh, like a second call. Gotcha. Up, and then also do mutual gotcha. if needed. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, we're pretty much uh, the same way. Um, when I worked down the, at the coast, um, we'd respond to numerous medical calls to this one area, and uh, the fire department would respond, doing all their first responder calls. And at nighttime, they are kind of minimally staffed, so they'd usually roll the one engine. Um, and 
instantly when that department would go out, the neighboring community, the city would send another department or a truck halfway and be sitting on the edge of the freeway at kind of the halfway mark to cover cover their community for them. Hmm. And that was just an automatic dispatch thing that they did. Right. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's cool. Go away there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so Nick, obviously again, yeah. and I want to go back to training because again, it's one of the things that we all tend to agree on. It, it needs to be aggressive. It needs to be that mentality of... Um, everybody needs to be trained to the same level. Nobody should be kind of skilled up in any other way than everybody else. It shouldn't be kind of a a piecemeal thing of this guy's good at X, so we're just going to make him do everything. Everybody needs to be trained in in the same way. So when we talk about that, what kind of changes and and progress kind of stuff have you done in your department? Um, Obviously, we were just talking a little bit about some of the stuff that you've implemented now, but maybe even just over the years that you've been in there, the things that you saw, the way that it's changed, and the way that you're looking to adapt it moving forward. Well, what you said is kind of interesting because you're right, Carl, when you say you don't want everybody, you know, one person to be good at one thing and no one else know how to do that. However, you can use that to your advantage, and that's exactly what we've done over the years is everybody does have their strong point, right? Absolutely. So if you can. If you could uh, capitalize on that, right? So, um, for example, my strong point is is fire trucks and driving. That has always been my strong point. Um, so uh, they have me do any sort of driving thing. My, my scenario was a couple of weeks ago for training was um, setting the table is what I call it. So basically apparatus placement at certain types of incidents. Um, we have a captain who's really good with ropes. Um, I think I'm going to be sick next week because he's got, um, I think I'm going to come down with COVID because he's going to have a, a, you know, a not tying refresher. (laughs) I I, I, I could barely tie my own shoes. Uh, My, my four-year-old's way better at it than I am. Um, but so he's going to lead off, you know, next week with a, you know, Thursday with a, um, a ropes class. And then we're going to do a special training on Saturday where we get the Z rig, whatever that thing is. And, you know, (laughs) I I don't know any of that stuff, you know, and, and you're right. It's, it's bad. It's not good. I mean, it's good in a way because he can teach us and that's a strong point, but I, I wouldn't know how to set that thing up. I've trained on it maybe three or four times and the whole time, you know, I've been on, but you know, and, and, I don't know anything about it. So you're right. That's, that's not a good thing. But if you can take those strong points that each individual has, and they don't even have to be an officer, they can be a firefighter. They can be even be the, the most, the most new guy you have. Right. Um, they all have a strong point and you can capitalize on that. And we've done that over the years. So they can lead a training course and they can come up with some sort of program to teach what they're good at. Uh, we have had, people who are um, lobstermen, fishermen, you know, so they teach a lot of boat stuff because we have a water rescue boat. Um, so that's that's what we've always done. That We've always capitalized on that one little thing the volunteer fire departments have. They always have that one person that's good at one thing. Yeah, I, to touch on that, uh, a few years ago, well, how many, several years ago when Matt joined, um, Matt's a, like, what I'd call an expert rope <laughs> ropes guy because like yeah. that guy can tie any knot and rig any system. Um, when he first started, he was very like, uh, like he came to our ropes class and he's looking at our setup we had and he's like, eh, I don't want to say anything because I'm brand new. I'm like, dude, we hired we hire in the volunteer service for a reason. Like, speak up if if you think you can fix it, fix it. He's like, ah, and then you know once he got once he got going. And there's no shutting him up. But no, <laughs> no yeah. but like once he got going, it was awesome because he he totally redesigned our 
how we uh, bring our basket stretcher up, you know, less manpower, um, easier on everybody, um, teaching us a few tricks of how to, you know, get uh, using different ropes for different things. Um, it's way better now. So that's, you know, that's a good example of, you know, he was brand new, but not brand new to ropes. Yeah. Right. And that's something that, that us members who have been on for a while and us leaders, we need to recognize that and we need to step back and let these people, uh, let these people show their experience and show their skills and take advantage of it. Yeah. Just further to that as well. Like we've mentioned a lot, it's, it's so important, especially when we bring on new people as, as senior members or as officers. And uh, we mentioned in the past is just learning, you know, the strong points of everybody in your department and their weak points, because yes. you can just cherry pick, you know, those individuals for that certain type of call. Then, you know, you can, might have a small group on the scene, like said, Hey, you know, Matt's great with ropes, Matt, you're going to start setting up the system. You know, Todd, you're medical, you're going down. Like you can really cherry pick. And that's what's, it's so helpful knowing your guys inside and out what their, their real strong points are. But it's also, you want to make sure that your guys and girls understand what their strong points are, because you yeah. may have people that just don't know and they stop showing up because they, they can't kind of find their place, you know? Um, and I've done that a lot with my driver training program is we've had people that, you know, they don't, they don't show up because they can't find where their niche is. And then you mm-hmm. suggest, Hey, do you want to start driving? And you put them behind the wheel and there it is. Boom. They found it, you know, and you can do that with any, any sort of skill. You know, let them try something, see what their strong points are. If they don't know what it is, it's up to us to, to find that. I think that's what, like Scott said, like, you know, when you see somebody kind of inquiring about it, it's our job to investigate further, you know, in that right. environment and say, hey, well, what are you thinking? You know, evoke that conversation, you know, get it started, and then you might find out a lot more about them. Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, <clears throat> so, Nick, obviously... We kind of, we actually all started touching base when, uh, when actually we started listening to your podcast as well. Uh, and I'm not sure how it initially worked. I don't know if Ash reached out to you or you reached out to us, how it all kind of originally began. But do you, do you guys remember? I don't. I don't know. It was something where I think it was Ash and I or something. I think, I don't know. And I wanted to talk to that crazy British guy and figure out what his story was. So <laughs> yeah, no, I, it was one of us. So I don't know. It doesn't matter at this point though, right? That's here we are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Here we are. So, right. but with that, Nick, <clears throat> let's, let's quickly touch on the podcast and uh, kind of why yeah. you started it, where you're at right now and, uh, and, and what's going on there. Yeah. So, um, being a, a volunteer department at the time, um, we had a, we have a really good, strong membership. We always have, we've always been known for having a, a large, big group of guys and girls that were dedicated and we we're an aggressive department but we noticed that, that the departments around us like very very close to us even maybe in the same town as us <laughs> did not have that same strength and it, it was brought up quite a bit like what are we doing what are we doing right and half the time we don't really even know so i was like maybe maybe i could start doing something to um get that out get that message out to departments all around the world you know and what are we doing right? And to kind of dive into that and to investigate that and turn it into a podcast. So that was kind of the idea I had. And I started listening to podcasts, you know, when I was like, it seems pretty easy to do. Um, and then I recruited um, Paul, my best friend. We grew up together. Um, I, he thought it was kind of a crazy idea. I told him about it in his basement when we were drinking some beers. And I said, you just got to trust me. Let's just do this. Um, so we did it. 
Um, did a few episodes. They, the first few were obviously just like any anybody's podcast. The first few episodes suck, and you don't recommend anyone go listen to them. But they're still there to listen to. I've heard deleters. Throw with deleters. But we we just kept on going. We kept on going, and we started having guests on. And then we had a good friend of ours, Nick Hamill. We had him come on to talk about his fire department in the next town over, and uh, he it came out really good. And he messaged us that night, and he says, "Hey, you know, let's do another one." And I said, "Well, why don't you be part of the team?" And then, so we recruited him, and it was the three of us, and we started doing more and more episodes, and um, had some really, really good guests on. Some really, really good, good, powerful, strong messages were were delivered with these guests that came on the show. Um, we started doing remotely. Um, I'm not, I'm not an AV guy. I was not on the AV crew in high school. Um, so when it came to like hooking up. A phone call and whatnot. I still don't understand it. I still can't figure it out perfectly. Um, but we made it happen. Um, but then, as with anything, life happens, right? So, one of my episodes, I talked about um, what to do when you get busy, when life just takes over. And sometimes you have to put the fire service aside, but the fire service isn't the only thing. Sometimes you have to put other things aside. So, for me, life has become crazy busy. I was doing two episodes a week, um, and you know, obviously, one of them was a really short one, and you guys kind of picked on that quite a bit. But that's okay. <laughs> no, that's we, the, we can't put any of ours out. It, 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 <laughs> we can. Well, we can. It, we just it, don't. It, it <laughs> <laughs> but life, life has taken over, you know. So we're, we're expecting our third child now. Um, and we have chickens and you guys know how much chickens uh, mean to me. And that really, that really has, has put a damper on things. Um, but I also got a, I also got a new job and it changed my schedule. I thought it would make it easier because I'm working from home, but let me tell you what, it is busy, 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 and it's good to be busy. I'm all over the place and it's, it's a lot of fun, but I kind of had to put this podcast aside for a little bit. I kind of had to take the summer off. I didn't want to. Um, Paul's really super busy. He got a promotion at his full-time job, which I thought he would be around more, but he's not. Um, Nick Hamill's loving life, working. He's building a big garage in his yard, and he's he's happy. And I, I hate to take those two guys away from things to come, you know, in the middle of the night when my kids are sleeping to, to record something. So um, took a little bit of a break. And it sucks, and I want to get back into it. I want to start, like, right away. But um, my wife came up with a really good idea. Um, since our, our little son is now mobile and walking around, he's getting into everything. So we decided um, maybe we'll take the uh, playroom, which my office is in, which is now becoming um, a huge mess with toys slash literature for fire trucks everywhere. Um she decided, hey, let's move the playroom downstairs where the podcast studio is. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, if we do that, then we're putting the podcast studio in the office. So right now uh, the studio is dismantled and in a box and ready to come up to this office once we get the toys moved downstairs. So there's always transitions and always things you know, change and whatnot. And I think that once I get this up next to the desk um, – I'll be able to do some more recording. I think it'll just be a lot easier. Um, it'll be hooked into the big computer, and I won't have to go from laptop to big computer to do the editing because I don't, you know, I'm not an AV guy. So um, that's where we're at right now. Um, I told the other two guys we're going to start moving things upstairs, and they were kind of happy about that so they don't have to wear a hoodie and a, and a jacket <laughs> in the cold basement. Um, <laughs> so... Hopefully we can get this thing back up and running by the, the first 
you know, the first time the snow flies or something, you know, um, again, it's just, it's just catching up. It's putting the important things first and that's what you should do with the fire service as well. Work and family come first before anything. Um, and that's a sad thing to say when, you know, you're trying to keep members and you're trying to keep the fire service going, but it's also good for your own, your own health and your own mental health and whatnot. You gotta, you gotta think about yourself first and your family first, or you're not going to be functional at all in the fire service or anything else that you want to do. So, um, and I'm a, I'm a huge believer in that. So, um, my break is almost over, I think, and we're going to have this thing back up and running soon. Um, I hope anyway. Good. So, That's exciting. I'm going to hold you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of lean on you guys to kind of push me to do that too. So. Oh, we will. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> we'll give you shit every day. <laughs> okay, good. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh maybe if they uh maybe if we start giving you shit everyone in this room will start forgetting that i forget to put out a lot of our content so it's not easy it's not easy keeping up with content right it's hard it's not it's not a it's not an easy job it takes a lot of time it keeps you busy. creating what you want to talk about doing social media posts it's it's a lot so um Credit to you guys for keeping yours going for so long. You know, you guys are, are really doing well. Yeah, we've we've slowed down a little bit just because, again, it, we had a lot of videos and stuff planned, but with the COVID stuff, we need to make sure that we're doing that in the right manner and everything else because, again, right. you put stuff up online with the nicest and greatest of thoughts and tendencies, but ultimately you get some jerk face that's just like, well, where's your where's your mask or whatever. Do you know what oh, I mean? So you want to... Mm-hmm. You want to, where is it? Why aren't you six feet apart? Like it's that whole kind of mentality. So we need to then create the content in that way. It's safe for everyone as well, obviously for members as well as the people right. that work. Do you know what I mean? It's, there's a whole nother factor, a whole nother layer to it now that we need to look at. So yeah. Of course. I mean, and if I, if I were to not mention, you know, I, I got to mention like that COVID really had a lot to do with this whole break that we're taking too. I mean, it just adds up. Everything adds up. It just wears on you. So, but I miss it. I miss the mic. I got to get back on. Absolutely, absolutely. So Nick, obviously, we we had, you had touched on there as well that uh, obviously your new job has taken over and you've got fire truck li- literature all kind of in your basement there. Um, so yeah. let's let's talk a little bit about that too. So you say you're working as a sales rep now for Pierce or Allegiance? Is that right? Yeah, so Allegiance Fire and Rescue, um, it's out of Massachusetts, and we're the New England Pierce Fire Apparatus dealer, all the states except for Connecticut. Connecticut's part of another dealership. Um, so I was a dispatcher for 11 years, uh, fired police, and um, that job wears on you, right? I had to get out of there. Um, and for anyone listening to this show right now, um, give your dispatchers some love do it like right now, like call them up and say, Hey, thanks for doing what you do. It doesn't matter what time of the day it is because they're literally awake right now. So call them and thank them. Um, it's a tough job. It's not an easy job. And, um, quite frankly, I, I couldn't do it any longer or I would probably end up getting sick or something. Who knows? So just at the right time, um, this open position came about for the state of New Hampshire, the sales rep for Pierce fire apparatus. And I have been, um, a fan of Pierce for pretty much for, forever um we're a 100 pierce department where i'm at and been on for 19 years so i've been a pierce customer for 19 years and uh i had the opportunity back in 2016 to go out to the factory paul and i were on the truck committee to build our most recent um, fire apparatus so we went out to the factory um, for our pre-construction meeting and had a tour i said 
boy, I got to get back here. And then I remember, oh, we got our final inspection trip, so I'll be back here. So after that trip was over, the second trip, I said, I really got to get back here. I got to find a way to do this. So it had been on my mind um, forever. There's a picture that we took um, of us doing the final inspection of our truck um, with the cab up and all four of us on our committee were um, kind of busy, looked busy in the photo. And I put that as my background on my computer at work and I kept that up there and I said, I'm not taking this down until I get back to this factory. And uh, basically it was up there on my last day of work. And uh, when I got hired for the position as the New Hampshire sales rep, it was the best decision I ever made as far as uh, a career goes. So um, I have the state of New Hampshire and I just had my first contract signed for two uh, Pierce Saber pumpers for a uh, first time Pierce customer. Oh, awesome. Congratulations. Kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so that's that's really cool. Those guys are super excited. So we got our pre con course now with COVID, there's less travel. Um, so we're doing our pre construction meeting for them um, in a couple of weeks at their fire station. Um, so that's, you know, I'm still learning. I'm still doing a lot of training. A lot of new things are coming my way. Um, I'm being shadowed for uh, that contract and another one that we're working on. But I've also got a lot of stuff coming up for. Um, 2021 and meeting a lot of firefighters i'm going around the state of new hampshire and visiting firehouses it's awesome to see how people do things like everything is so different no matter where you go but also so much the same um i don't even really know how to explain that but i guess i bet you guys could probably figure out where i'm getting at where it's just it's incredible it's a really cool thing it's an awesome job um i get to be around fire trucks which i love um and i get to now design them which is awesome i get to see everything that goes into it you know and there's so many options it's, it's just incredible yeah it's uh it's a really good uh conversation starter here for us as you know uh you and i have spoken mm-hmm. a couple times uh, yep. scott myself and uh a group of other uh, pretty similar-minded guys are on a truck committee um uh, and we are in the market for a a new engine next uh-huh. year. So put in the the request uh, 2021 for 2022 purchase. Um, yep. As uh, we have discussed, we have always been a commercial cab department. Um, it's just what uh, I don't know. kind of I don't know why. <laughs> the, the way it's always been. Um, and that's great. Uh, these these trucks have worked awesome for us. It's uh, um, we've been very very happy with the manufacturer that we've dealt with. Um, they're semi local to us. Um, a lot of the things that we have on our trucks were designed by past members, and and now you can find them on their on the manufacturer's um, uh, stock truck. So it's it's yep. really really cool to see. Uh, that being said, for the first time, we are entertaining the idea of going to a custom cab, um, which again, you and I have spoken at length about. So maybe from, yes. from your uh, professional stamp- standpoint, um, we'd, we'd love to hear the uh, positives and negatives of uh, both. Yeah, I mean, well, we'll have to put as you know, spot, Pierce, but... is, Pierce is a, a single source manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also... We also build trucks on commercial chassis as well so mm-hmm. i'm not going to knock either way um you know commercial chassis are great like you said you guys have been really happy with them but what i can tell you the difference is um what is when it comes to the safety i mean your your custom cabs are built as fire trucks for the fire service um your side roll 
protection, the structural build of the cab itself provides a lot more safety, um, a lot more room you'll get. Uh, you can put a lot more seats, um, cabinetry. A lot of places are now going, you know, it's, they're going away from the six seat cabs and going with, you know, three or four seats and replacing the other ones with, with cabinets. Mm-hmm. So you're adding storage space. Um, you can't really do that on a commercial cab. Um, so there's, I mean, there's a lot of benefits when it comes to safety, visibility, um, the structural stability of the truck itself. Um, and then if you dive deeper into going to a single source manufacturer, then you, you're looking into the, um, the future of the truck, you know, maintenance, you know, who's in charge of what, whose problems is what, you know, if you have a commercial cab, you know, who, who's responsible for this, you know, malfunction in the truck, you know, is it the, the chassis manufacturer? Is it the body manufacturer? What, you know, where do you go with that? So, um, there's a lot of whole, work you guys got to do and it's not it's not an easy decision to make for sure especially when it's something that you guys have been doing for so long Uh, but if if i were to recommend a way to go it would definitely be the custom cab you know and if it comes down to money um there's ways around that there's so many different ways of saving money you know if you have a specific manufacturer you want to go with you know if you're not going out to bid and you you know you know who you're going to buy from um sit down with a sales rep before you even ask for money right and build the truck before you even ask for money go over the specs finalize everything get it as close as you possibly can and then you get a quote and then you know pretty much how much money you need to ask your community for um, a lot of places don't think of doing that a lot of places they'll go and they'll ask for the money before they even know what they're going to need to spend you know it's like it's like going to the atm and taking out a 20 dollars bill and then going to you know a steakhouse down the road and expect to feed your family um you got to know what you're going to spend so uh when it when it comes to you know a custom cab you're going to spend a little bit more money but if you do the homework if you do the research um and build the truck first figure out who you're going to buy it from first you know a lot of communities you know require you to go out to bid you know so that that kind of becomes a little bit of a hassle but you can also go to several different manufacturers that you think may bid on your on your job and have that sales rep build your truck it doesn't take them that long i could build a truck um to you know an idea what you want in, in a few days and i'm a new guy you know so if you do your homework figure out what you want have a sales rep build the truck figure out what the price is then go ask for your money you could probably get something pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Nick, final question for me, mate. Um, okay. <clears throat> what uh, What would you say your your favorite thing is now? Now, obviously, um, kind of in in for how many years? I so you said uh, Nin- nineteen. Since, yeah, so nineteen years in, and we talked about obviously what keeps you in and what keeps you coming back. Um, what do you have, kind of? on the cards in your head to, to keep you coming back over and over um, again, lifetime stuff. My kids. So I had to go fill out our time cards because we're now on call and it was kind of weird that I really don't know what I'm doing when it comes to this time card thing. We're still trying to figure that out, but I remember today's a deadline and oh shit, I've been to two calls. I better go fill out my time card or I'm not going to get my $25 probably pay this week. <laughs> but you know, lieutenants pay 12, 16 hours. Pretty awesome. Um, but I brought, my, I brought my boy with me, you know, and, um, he's, he's one, he's just learned to walk and he, he can say like two words like data and uh Oh, that's all he knows. But when he sees a fire truck, he goes crazy. Um, so I just know he's gonna, he's gonna want to do this when he gets older. And 
if I don't stick around, he may he might lose that interest. And my daughter is the same way. You know, she's a girl. Who knows what she's going to do? But she loves the fire trucks, too. She can tell you what a Pierce is when she sees a Pierce. She knows it's Pierce, four years old. Um, what she, can't even, <laughs> she can't even read, you know. So, but uh, uh, that's what it is. It's the kids. It's, you know, you know. and then we're the third one on the way. You know, I, I kind of want to be the, that example and, and get not force them into it because I, I don't believe in forcing your kids into the fire service. Um, if it's not something they want to do, then then fine, that's great. But if they're showing an interest, which one of them definitely is at one years old, um, that's something I want to be around for. And that's what's keeping me going the most right now. That's awesome. That's a good reason. Yeah. So. Uh, I got a question. If you're, Is your third kid going to be named Pierce? <laughs> that's a solid one. <laughs> well, that name is already taken with one of our other guys. So that would be weird. Um, so no, we don't know what it is yet. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna find out in a week or so. Um, so no, unfortunately not. You know, maybe maybe I'll you know if it's a boy, maybe I'll think of something you know, like Saber. You know, don't call it Saber. Oh jeez. Yeah. Any more for any more any questions for Nick there, boys? Oh, I don't think so. Come on, shoot. I know you guys got some. Busy, busy. I understand the busyness. I'm just as busy. My my, my yeah. mind goes to mush after a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nick, yeah. <clears throat> Nick, it's, uh, over the time that we've known you, mate, it's, it's obviously, uh, it's, it's been a pleasure, and uh, not that you're passing away, but <laughs> <laughs> I do just want to say, <clears throat> you know, again, we, we throw things back and forth, and uh, we talk about brotherhood quite often. And uh, the the mentality and the mindset that you have being as far away as you are um, and even just running through your story of how the podcast started, it, it rang so many bells. Scott was sat here nodding his head like that was literally almost exactly the same mm-hmm. is how yeah. we kicked off. It's what we did. It's how we started. It's how we began. And uh, for the same reasons. And, you know, it just it just goes to show that that, that mentality and mindset and uh, it, it flows through the entire brotherhood, no matter where you are, no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing. So um, we really appreciate the fact that uh, however the relationship started between us all, we're happy it did because uh, we've learned a lot from you and uh, we want to keep learning more from you as well. So get that podcast going again, mate. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, likewise. I mean, I, I learn a ton from you guys, um, and I think it's important. That's that's what we all need to do in the fire service. If if we have something that, that we're doing right, no matter what it is in your department, you got to share that. You got to share that with everybody. We're in the easiest time right now in this world where we can share things, and it's so easy, so simple to share things that you know. Just get on the internet. If you're good at something, create a video. If you're if you have something a strong point in your fire department, share it. Get it out there. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's the it's one of the biggest things. You know, we we always say the same thing. It's not that we think that we are one hundred percent correct. It's we talk about what works for us. And if that can work for you, fantastic. And if not, we'd love to hear how you do it because maybe that will help us change what we do and make us better at the same time. So, Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Quality. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Nick Hilton, thank you very much for coming on, mate. Yeah. Appreciate it. Hey, not a problem. Not a problem. 
Take cool. care. It's uh, great talking with you guys. Yeah, it's always good to have you on, mate. Always good to have yeah. you. On. Yeah. And uh, we hope the uh, we hope the chickens are doing well and the family's good and oh yeah and we look They're forward laying eggs like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we look forward to hearing what the uh, what the new baby's going to be too. Oh yeah, you guys will be the first to know about that. Hey, nice one, mate. Exclusive. Hey. <laughs> Exclusive podcast. I don't, I don't know. I don't think your wife would like a live feed of that. Or no, no, no. We won't do it. Well, I can't even be there, so this oh, whole right. call oh, yeah. Right. Right. Oh, so, uh, but once world. I find out, I'll let you guys know for sure. Yeah. Nice one, mate. Well, Exciting. Nick, thanks again, buddy. You take care, right. and uh, yeah, let's hurry up and get some episodes out so we got something else to listen to. Yeah, we'll get on it. Not Cheers, mate. You take care. All right. All right. Talk to you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Later. And there we have it. Mr. Nick Hilton. Uh, it's, that's been a long time coming. Actually, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, get him on. You know, I know we've been on with like uh, with the other guys and stuff and we had the Zoom on their 100th, but it's been a while since. Chaos yeah. in that day. It was. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a shit show. It was awesome. That, that was <laughs> the beginning of our Zoom with the start of the COVID stuff. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was, yep. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, it was good. That was good. I liked... Uh, I like the fact that, and we talked about it a little bit there, just the fact that it seems like we're almost the same. Like, everything started the same. Their department seems to function a lot like ours. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, yeah, there's similarities, kind of real solid similarities as mm-hmm. well. Just, not just the podcast, but again, the, the fire service and how they run their thing. And yeah. 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 Uh, let's roll on into the shout-out. So, we'll start with Motus, which we are... Most Actually, currently, yeah, we've yeah. got a table full of gear. Uh, Ash, do you want to kick it a moment? Yeah, for sure. I was actually just messaging them as we're sitting here uh, wrapping the podcast. Um, they're going to be sharing out this <coughs> uh, photo I just put up on our story. Um, they sent us a box of, of goodies here. Uh, hashtag give Scott a wedgie. Finally came came in here, yeah, and, and when I say finally came in, I mean finally came off of my counter and I brought it in. Yeah. So me having the ability to carry a box from my house to the podcast studio is equally as difficult as airing any one of our uh, <laughs> don't don't drop episodes. So uh, yeah, we got a bunch of uh, four century wedges. We got uh, some coasters, which they forgot about apparently. Like oh yeah, shit, we sent you guys those coasters. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got uh, some mini spanners, um, some soft entry equipment. So. Uh, really, really cool, cool stuff coming from Modus. We're we're gonna be sending some uh, some images out there uh, for all of this. Uh, they've also got obviously their Snagger tool, uh, kind of the uh, the claim to fame tool, which got everything started. Uh, we've we've got some info up on our on our uh, Facebook, our YouTube of uh, their tools at work. Uh, they've also got tons of stuff out there, so. Check them out, uh, Modus, uh, for a discount. It's DTFF5. It's going to save you 5% on your uh, order. So by all means, check them out. Really good group there, uh, Canadian company. Uh, they've been supporters of ours pretty much right since the jump off. So go support them. Yeah. Uh, stop the bleed. Stop the bleed.org. Yeah, we uh, mentioned it a fair amount. Uh, usual thing. Go online and uh, see if there's any um, locations or instructors in your area. Uh, go onto our YouTube page. Uh, you can see the course content and a lot of the um, kind of high fidelity sims that we discuss. Um, give you some tips and tricks on kind of how you do it. Um, some of the wound pack um, homemade devices as well. Um, there's some videos on there of what we've made and then there's the fancier things you can purchase. Carry a tourniquet on your person. 
Wound packing, direct pressure. Those are the, the key key rules. Yeah. I'd like to, uh, for whoever, <laughs> someone asked us how to make the wound packer. Oh, yes. I'm kind of accused of some of poor, uh, poor instructional. Does that sound like? Yep. Yeah. So the yoga block wound packer for $6. <laughs> Here's how you make the wounds. You take anything that's sharp and you stab it. <laughs> so whatever size wound you want to make, you can use it. I think in the bullet wound, I used a screwdriver. And what what head was on the? I, don't, I have no idea. Was that a Phillips or a Robbie or? Sure, <laughs> probably Robbie. Yeah, because I think that's what I grabbed. <laughs> and then you kind of move around, make a bullet hole size wound, and then with the knife with the uh, laceration, you can literally cut it with a knife. What size drill bit did you use? I have no idea. <laughs> Just don't go all the way to the bottom. You have to go like halfway down, and then if you want to insert a pump, you go from the other side in oh, and, let the, and let the two meet. Huh. Yeah. Sounds really cool. And actually. That, the screwdriver, you just ran the screwdriver in there, that works fine to make that little channel way, right? We yeah. didn't use it a little bit. Yeah, so other one. it's foam block. So yeah. Make stuff mm-hmm. with holes. It's not that, it's not a hard, like really even the, the block is like really easy just to smash through. So, yeah. you know, you'll, you'll be all right. And if you yeah. screw it up, six dollars. <laughs> Get another one. But they do, uh, you know, honestly, they those things are like worth their weight in gold. They, they last, yeah. you know, we've done, you know, my work, we've. Probably ran eighty people through one yoga block, and uh, you know it's just now. Now it's finally the hole starting to get a little bigger because people are sticking their big ass thumbs and fingers in them, and it's starting to get expanded. But you know what? Like we'll throw it away, buy another six dollar yoga block. Yeah, they, those those work so good for yeah. doing multiple different scenarios, and then the pumps, <clears throat> cheap cheap bucks. little weed spray pump, and yeah. works so good. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to check, as I like Todd said, head over to our uh, our YouTube page. They're also on our Facebook page. You can check them out there as well as the uh, the actual Stop the Bleed videos too. Uh, Ash, Ignition. Uh, yeah, Ignition USA um, for the CRAT tool, the Seattle Rapid Access tool. So anywhere that you want to gain access to a building uh, not using forcible entry, which is something that we never want to do, but oftentimes we probably should. So uh, non-emergency medical calls, uh, direct alarms with nothing showing. Uh, if it's an industrial building, things like that, you know, you can gain access without destroying the door ahead of you. Um, really cool tool. Uh, had the opportunity to uh, uh, get some live demos from uh, Jason while we were down in Seattle, uh, which is awesome. Um, check out our YouTube, check out his uh, Instagram and Facebook, lots of good info there. Um, for a discount on that, DGFF 2020 uh, gets you uh, 20%. Yeah. And then uh, Scott, Tanner. Tanner Olson Band, a group of uh, guys out of uh, Chilliwack, which is near Vancouver, um, country music. They do a live show. They're doing more live shows. Sorry, live stream shows mm-hmm. now more than uh, in the past. Um, YouTube. Just had one last Friday. Me. Yeah, just had one on Friday. I didn't yep. watch the entire thing, so I don't know um, what music they played other than country music. <laughs> I heard there was some new music that was coming out. Oh, sweet. Week. There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, their album, Stretch and Denim. Which is you can use your imagination on that based on the album cover, mm-hmm. and uh, check them out on Spotify and YouTube. Hatteralls and Band. There you go. And then you have us. Obviously, if you've been listening for this long, we greatly appreciate it. And uh, 
We can't thank you enough for all your support. Scott, stop stabbing coffee cups. <laughs> <laughs> Anything sharp with this guy. We appreciate your support, as always. Thank you so much. Um, if you do have an opportunity, please head over to our YouTube page. Subscribe there and uh, take a look at some of our content. We've got a lot of bits and pieces over there. Some good training content, including hose handling. Uh, Scott's got his uh, smoke powder stuff. We did the RZ mass tests, and obviously we have obviously all the, the stopper bleed stuff that we were talking about as well. So uh, if you want to go over there, um, we have those. We also have the store coming together. The store is there right now. There are a few changes. The uh, the site that we use to be able to do that made a update, and it has altered some of the items that are on there. So I do need to fix that. But if you do want to go on there. Uh, we did have a comment actually because uh, Todd posted a picture of him in one of our masks. Yeah. Um, they're pretty legit. You know what? It's great. Um, the first time I wore it, it's tight around the ears, uh, but once that stretches out just a little bit, uh, it's fantastic. I was proud to proud to pump the brand when I had to forcefully wear a mask <laughs> in the winters <laughs> with the family. <laughs> but then uh, the other one, the the neck one, I just sent it to you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, the buff. The buff. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome today in the rink. Last minute. Oh, you yeah. have to have one to come in with the kids for safety. Threw it on. It's yeah. perfect for this time of year, too. Mm-hmm. Nice and toasty. It pulls over my ears. And, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, and you can pick those up, too. So any of the any of the designs of when you first go to the website, and again, if you're going to go uh, kind of, you know, over the next few days, when you go there and you click on the design, and then it will show you all the different options for what you can actually purchase that design on coffee mugs, uh, the buffs, the hats, things like that. So mm-hmm. um, you can get them there. But that will be changing soon, and then we'll have a little bit more of a, an actual showcase of the, each of the products. So, But, uh, yeah, you can pick up those shirts. Their link is on our Instagram page as well as on our yeah. Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think I'm going to shirt design for you. Off based on your shirt you got right there. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Masters of the Smoothbore. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so we might have some new designs coming. Heck yeah. And if you uh, if you do pick up some swag, definitely tag us in it. Um, we posted up uh, one of our followers uh, was rocking a uh, right. uh, lady shirt at the gym uh, going through a workout. And yeah, we were happy to share that. So uh, if uh, you're out there rocking the brand, definitely tag us in it. We'll... Uh, we would love, love to see it. You'll see. And for the record, the quality of our masks are awesome, super comfortable. We've got like uh, probably six different styles of masks for the kids for school and everything else, and bounce around. And I gave uh, the kids one of ours to wear. They love. They think it's the most comfortable out of all of them. Perfect. So that was a win-win. Awesome. Yeah, that's really good to hear. Yeah, quality. Yeah, so head over to our Facebook page if you haven't already uh, been there and, and subscribe. That's where we share a lot of our initial content. And uh, if you are looking to drop us a like and a comment over on the podcast platform that you listen to us on, that would also be greatly appreciated because it helps us get in front of more and more people. Uh, and that is all for me. Any more from you guys? Don't think so. Nope. No, sir. Then we will call it a night. Todd. Thank you. Good night. Scott. Good night. Lurgle. Lurgle. Fictitious word. It, it says it. It's fictitious. I know. Right in the definition. <clears throat> well, we'll see. Yeah. I, we're I all, we we're all going to have the You're basically hotboxing. Yeah, mm-hmm. we are like hotboxing flea right now. What? Yep. You said you're fine. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, well, I say a lot of things. <laughs> uh, that is a fact. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Cut. Stay safe. Stay DTFM. <laughs>